Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of Quick Time, the podcast. I'm Brandon Anderson. We are coming at you live from the IB Racing Brewing Factory headquarters. We also have Jason Orth, our new co-host, on board with us today. Uh, Jason, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Not too bad. Brad, yourself? Doing great. Good Good evening, everybody, race fans. Uh, cheers. Yeah, definitely. We, we got uh, some of uh, Brad's... Uh, brewery specials in front of us they're tasting pretty tasty so if we uh start slurring a little bit it's because we uh consumption's way up <laughs> it happens it's a it's a product of the of the hobby yes and uh we're going to start off with a uh what i want to call hot laps and the biggest news story that's came out this week is uh eagle raceways apparently for sale uh what's your guys opinions on that i'm still trying to decide what i think about this uh there's been other previous experiences where he's placed the the racetrack up for sale and it's fallen through for various reasons i don't know if it's the sign of the times right now that uh he's just trying to increase publicity for ego raceway or if he's really serious about selling that racetrack uh he's done a great job with that track since he's owned it he's he's developed a a, a, a following he's got a lot of a good car count i'm just uh i'm a little skeptical that this is a, a legitimate situation here but uh i i hope that if it is legitimate that the right person buys it and makes that track uh what it uh, what it's always been and it's a great race track with a, with a lot of exciting racing for the fans one thing i want to add the, the track is for sale but it's not closed at all they still plan on racing as soon as they can in fact, I saw that they posted out today that they're doing like a drive-in, uh, drive-in diner type deal on Saturday, I believe Sunday also, where you can come in, order food, have drinks, and kind of, you know, socialize a little bit. And then I guess you can even take a lap around the racetrack in your own car, which for me sounds pretty fun. I'm, I'm guessing I, some people might get a little, uh, little on the loud pedal out there. I think that's a genius idea. I mean, you're not bringing any money in on a Friday and Saturday night, open it up, get some... 20, 30, 50 people out there, get some hamburgers and french fries in you, maybe go buy a beer, and then get to drive around the track once or two and uh, just to have a good family night out. I think that's a great way to bring in a little bit of money and uh, keep the expenses down. So props to him for coming up with that idea or else who came up with that idea. I don't know, but it was a good idea. It's a good way to keep it out there, keep the name out there, keep people, you know, always uh, kind of want leave them wanting more sort of thing. So to get them, get them excited and keep it up there because I, I think – things are going to start going soon within the next couple of weeks. I, I kind of figured when all this went down, we were going to be looking at June before we'd really start going. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, you know, from everything that I read, uh, I guess IMCA or I guess Rick has told IMCA that no race until June. Fortunately, there's tracks around, around here that are opening up in Missouri and South Dakota. So our local racers have a chance to go out and race. Oh, that's key. And I think that's key to the whole racing business, you know, and it's good that there's demand. I mean, I, I'll admit I don't watch NASCAR, but I tuned in to Darlington. I'll watch it and I'll watch it tomorrow night, too, you know. So it's there's a lot of pent up demand out there. And I hope that people, you know, can step up and help these guys out because they're missing a lot of races. This isn't just, you know, two or three rain outs early. This is this is huge. Well, f for Nebraska, most of the people that race here, it's just a hobby and uh, although it's just a hobby for the drivers and the teams, a lot of people make a living off of those drivers and teams with parts and equipment and so forth. So um, I think that it's it's a, an important aspect of our 
our economy to get these guys out there on the track and, and race. And just seeing racetracks around the country that have, have raced, uh, most of the fans appear to be following the social distancing situation. Uh, US 36 was pretty tight the other night. There was, there was a lot of fans there, which is great. But I think that a lot of people are pretty smart and they do the social distancing and they take the precautions and so forth. So I think it's a, an individual decision. And me personally, I'm not ready to do that. Uh, I know that my family's not ready to do that. But if you are ready to do that, then then more power to you and 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 enjoy your night at the races. But uh, uh, just just be smart about it and and uh, take the precautions. And and I hope that we all really get get up and get going again because this is going to be a long summer if we don't get to hit the Eagle or I eighty Speedway. You know, I think people you have to take the longer view and say, you know, maybe I don't want to wear a mask or maybe I you know I want to grab everybody here or. You know, maybe after the 500 ticket is sold, you know, they can't have any more people. You know, it's it's not time to get mad about it. It's time to understand this is just the way we're going to have to play. It's temporary. This isn't the new normal. We're still in the storm. You know, the new normal is way to come later. And this is temporary. And I think the last thing, you know, when you talk about uh, promoters and when they sell, you can always kind of trace it to when those for sale signs start hitting is when things are starting to get a little rough around the track, whether it be issues at the track, whether it be, you know, an economic situation, a lot of rainouts, you'll always start seeing that, you know, for sale sign up there. And as they always say, a track's always for sale, you know, at the right price. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but when you start seeing those things, it's usually when one of the things is the promoter, you'll, you'll see, you know, oh, this guy's got so much money or he's a racer. He loves this, you know, but it's that desire. And when that desire starts dwindling down, then that price starts coming down and that, that change starts happening. So I think, you know, as, as far as fans and racers, you know, the best thing we can do when this does open up and it will is to really, you know, play along, work with the guys. Don't be hassling people. You know, this isn't time to make, make the stand for, for little things. It's, it's go out there, race, you gotta wear a mask, or you gotta pit, you know, two cars away from the guy Go out there, race, have fun, go home, come back again. Yeah, definitely. And one thing Brad mentioned that, you know, that he said he's not ready to go out to the racetrack. And I'm totally the same way if I was in the stands. Um, fortunately for me, what I do with photography and all that sort of stuff, Jason's kind of in the same boat, is we kind of social distance ourselves. We're down in the infield by ourselves. We really don't talk to anybody unless we have to. And as photographers, we don't want to stand in the place, same place because we don't want the same photo. So, you know, fortunately for me, like I get to actually go out to the races this weekend if you know, Mother Nature doesn't intervene anyway. But if I was sitting in the stands with my family, yeah, I would, I, I'm not ready to do that either. No, I'm, I'm not either. Yeah. But again, I, I kind of set a June date, you know, but you have to remember that the curve, as is, that, that there's another side of the curve. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't just go down to zero right away. Well, I hope we're not getting back into things too soon because I don't want to redo this all over in July or August. I, uh, and so getting back to, I completely understand everybody's desire to get going again. Um, I've been very fortunate. I have a fortunate uh, profession where I am getting paid still. And if I was on the opposite side where I haven't had a paycheck in six, eight weeks, I, I would be ready to do about anything and everything to, to get back out there. So um, I just hope that everybody is smart about the return. Uh, Eagle Raceway says they see 8,200 fans. If you get 2,000 fans out there, that should help 
pay a large portion of the bills uh, with the with the cars out there. Uh, I don't know why you couldn't host a good race out there with 2,000 fans and still experience the social distancing. So it's coming. I think everybody needs to be patient. Everybody's get got the itch. Uh, I don't know if uh, we're ready completely yet. I mean, numbers keep rising, and you can debate that all you want. But um, – we're getting close, and so I hope everybody just has a little bit of patience for a couple more weeks, and we'll get this thing going, and we'll bring out the uh, the uh, we'll finish hard in the fall. One thing that you know I've always thought is these tracks they don't want to jump into it too soon, and then have a outbreak because that's one way to kill our sport completely. For all the naysayers out there, is you know there's plenty of the Karens out there who don't who doesn't like racing and doesn't want anything to do with racing, and if something like that happened, we go out there. We don't follow social distancing or anything like that, and we get a large group of people sick. It's going to be really bad for our sport. Well, that, that's that's what was my concern was about that first Park Jefferson race that uh, that Terry McCarroll put on. Um, they didn't have they were going to have 700 fans in the stands, but that got nixed. But they still had 64 cars there, and however many f- crew members and so forth were in there. Could you imagine what would have happened if four people come out and said? I attended that race. I got the COVID there. That would have a rippling effect across not only motorsports, but all sports in general. Because if they allowed 64 teams with 10 people in each team, so 640 people, and four or five, six people got the virus there, and they could confirm that, it would slow down everything across the whole sports arena and, and so I was really concerned about that. But so far, knock on wood, it appears uh, everything went well and everything's progressing and, and more races are being held. So that's a, that's a, that's a good thing. And you see, you know, the teams out there are uh, – you see them with the face masks on. You see them, you know, standing apart from people. I, I thought the, the Knoxville World Outlaw show, you know, they, they, did it, they did it right. They understood what they had to do, and they, they executed it really well. And, you know, to go back, just if I can step back just – Real quick, you know, one of the things that I think really is hitting these tracks hard is property tax. Yeah. And the one thing when all this went down is, okay, hey, your income taxes get pushed out, your this gets pushed out, but the property taxes, no, we need that in April. And so now when you have a racetrack that has got, you know, $20,000, $30,000 in property taxes sitting out there, and you haven't run a couple shows, or as you, as you know, a lot of those shows are at the beginning of the year, those kind of those backgate specials. You know, we're going to throw in four or five cars, two days, get that money in the door. So these guys are starting from behind to begin with, and that's that's the scary part of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, kind of switch gears a little bit. Have you guys caught any of the pay per view pay per views or any of the the racing that's been online lately? I know the. Brad mentioned the Terry McCall race, and from what I understand, the pay-per-view purchases went really well with that. Sounds like they made both all, well, I guess, all three parties, the track, Terry, and Speed Shift, all made a decent amount of money on it. Yeah, I, I've caught quite a few of them. Uh, um, it's better. It's, it's not as good as being there, but it's it's the next best thing. I mean, the the, the race at Park Jeff was a, <clears throat> excuse me, was a really good race. Uh, some crazy ending to the to the to the feature and so forth, but. Uh, um, it was a great race. The Knoxville race was a really good race. Jackson last week, unfortunately, the track kind of went away at the end, but uh, all of all the productions were really good. I even watched a race in uh, Marysville Raceway down in California, and 
and and other than being a two-hour time difference, it was a, it was a late night. Uh, they're all doing a really good job with it. And I think every, there's a lot of patience involved and so forth. But uh, I, I applaud the tracks for taking a chance. I know they can't make all the money from the concession stand and the fans paying the purse, but uh, for them taking the chance to do that, uh, they, they've been putting on some really good shows for, for us fans that are desperate to get back to the racetrack. Well, you know, I think uh, the Park Jefferson race, I think, you know, was attracted. I mean, it, it attracted worldwide attention. I mean, oh, short sure. of, you know, Korean baseball, I think that that was the only live sporting event going on in the world for the most part. And so it was it was good to see that get the attention. Good to see it run well. And, you know, the the optics of it were good. You know, everybody had their masks on. I thought the Knoxville show was I mean, that feature was terrific and and you know happy to do that i know i'm i've got my uh, dirt vision subscription going you know for now to watch the stuff going on next week the big one now at i-55 i think they got what 62 cars already registered yeah, for that. Like it's, that it's nuts and not to mention the late model show up you know up in jackson so it's it's been a lot of fun i got into the iRacing thing a little bit i think somewhat entertaining a little <laughs> bit for the comedic value and um but it's not the same for me, and I and trust me, I love video games. I've been playing the Tony Stewart game with with you know my son on the Xbox, and he's been winning. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know it's uh, but yeah, I'm I'm happy to see actual live racing, and I know we're all hurt, you know starving for it. And as long as we you know tiptoe and and play by the rules, I think it sets a good example. Not not just for you know the short term, but I think long term. I speaking of eye racing, I tried, I tried, I just couldn't do it. I, I watched uh, one sprint car race at Knoxville and two of the NASCAR races, and there were just so many crashes and so many yellow flags, and people were doing stuff that they would never do in a race car, and it ruined it for me. I really wanted to like it, I really tried to like it, but I just, I just couldn't do it. It just, uh, it, it. it, it it, it was so cool. The, the graphics are unbelievable. I, I just, with the, all the crashing and stuff, I, I just couldn't get into it. And so I, uh, I got away from that, and I ended up mowing my yard and stuff like that. I just couldn't, <laughs> I just couldn't get into the, the iRacing scene. One thing I always did is I always made sure I tuned into it. Did I watch it all? No. But I kind of wanted to at least have the ratings up there. So hopefully these CBS Sports, FS1, the, the companies that put or the stations that put on the racing – they would see there's a demand for these for dirt racing, and hopefully we can get dirt racing back on TV. Oh yeah, especially now, you know, with uh, the online streaming and all that, you know, the the metrics are are there. I mean, it's better than you know back in the day where somebody'd fill out a form and send it into Nielsen or whatever. I mean, they they know right then and there what's going on, and and I did the same thing too. You know, sometimes be like, oh, okay, that's going on. I'll just kind of wander off for a little while, but we got to show support, and I think that goes true with a lot of the racing that we're going to have in front of us you know and i think we may have to sit there and say look it may not be a sprint car race or may not have all the classes you want but you know what these guys need your help and we need to show up or attend if you can or attend if you want to or buy the merch or do something to help these guys out yeah for sure uh, and one thing is like uh with the pay-per-views i know there's a lot of pirate streams that go out there yeah, and i'm unfortunate that was low yeah, and, I mean, just go out there, buy the pay-per-view, spend your $25, $20, whatever it is. Or, I mean, the subscription deal, like with Dirt Vision, is 40 bucks a month. You get Knoxville. You get all the late models. You get all the World Outlaw races. 
Flow of Racing, you get All Stars, Eldora, USAC, and that's a hundred dollars for the year. It's definitely worth it. Well, the dirt division for forty dollars in May, if none of them would have got rained out, you would have got six sprint car races. I mean, you can't beat that. And these aren't just you know, this isn't like the twenty outlaws or and and some locals showing up. I mean, this was studded, star studded, packed fields. That that the field at Jackson was amazing. I mean. Even the B feature was stacked. It was just, it was unbelievable. Well, look how many top-notch drivers were in the C feature. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, that, should, that, was, that was worth every penny of it, in my opinion. Plus, you shut the TV off after the checkered flags, and you're in bed in two minutes, and you're, you're sleeping. You don't have to, in, in our case, drive, what is it, four hours from Jackson? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so four hours, something like that. That's a it, lonely drive. <laughs> and in my case, I have to bring at least one other person. So, I mean, it's worth it. It's a bargain for... To, to watch it on Dirt Vision, and then a minute or two after the checkers, you're in bed, ready to ready to go to bed. Now, uh, a race that happened on Sunday night. I don't know if you guys, any of you guys, caught the uh, Raceway Park race with Nebraska uh, Sprint Series in Nebraska race with the 305s. We're gonna have Jack Dover on here in a little bit. Um, he he won that race, but it was a good chance to get all our Nebraska guys out there racing. Uh, I know a bunch of them. Their car's been just in the shop. They haven't had the opportunity to go practice like some of the guys have at the local racetracks. I know Eagle runs practice specials. I-80's done a few. But we actually got our cars out of the garage. Oh, that's huge. And, you know, I, I have vested interest in this. So, <laughs> you know, where I work. But um, it's it's good to have that out there. And, and you know, one of the big storylines, the NASCAR race, was those guys, you know, they, they went from their hauler or they went from the motorhome into a car and they haven't been in a car for <laughs> months, Yeah, you know? And so it, it's good to have those guys out there. Cause we all, you know, we all make jokes on the first night and kind of the first night jitters and stuff like that. And now it's got these guys shake down actually in competition. It makes it better for all of us. Yeah, it was, I mean, you got to applaud Park Jefferson. I mean, they're, they're sticking their neck out for this and I have no idea whether they're making money or not on these shows, but they're giving the, the the drivers a place to race. What was they have 160 cars there the other night? Yeah. Um, that that's just unbelievable. Um, and I see now in their next race that they got coming up, they're going to allow 900 fans in the stands. Yeah, I saw that I think, too. Is that the All Star mm-hmm. race? I believe so. Yeah, yeah so, have, so that's great. Now fans are starting to come back in, and they're getting to see their drivers and and everybody that knows me personally knows that I'm not a big 305 fan, but Hell, get to get those guys out there and get them racing, and and I saw the video highlights, and it looked like a pretty good show. So, props to them, and props to Park Jefferson for for sticking their neck out and giving these guys a place to race. Yeah, for sure. One thing I find funny is you have all these touring series. You got the Outlaws, and normally they're out west and around this time of year. They're kind of making their way back, and you got the All Stars who run out east quite a bit. But the Midwest now has become the mecca of racing. I mean. You have all the outlaws that run either in Missouri or South Dakota, Minnesota, in both series you got with the late models and the sprint cars. So we're we're kind of the focus point of of racing right now. Yeah, I think that's huge. And I and you know, like like you said, Brad, you know, what did they get? What did Park Jeff get out of this? You know, what Raceway Park get out of this? Eyes are on them. I mean, they you know, Park Jefferson established itself now as as one of the tracks. Is you know, hey, this is it's a nice facility. It's a fast facility. It's and now it's it's where the where the stars are. Well, I, I think another thing that happened at Park Jefferson, and I've been there a couple times, and I know a lot of people, uh, you guys have been there as well. 
the two times that I've been there, the show was less than stellar. The track prep was not very good, but they were on point. The, la- the, the that show with Terry McCarls uh, that he promoted that that track was really good. It was racy. It was fast. There was uh, it, it was there was a lot of passing going on, uh, and so people saw that. So now people from Minnesota or Iowa or South Dakota, North Dakota, they may want to make that trip down there the next time or for this for this upcoming All Star race. They're going to want to make that trip down there because it, they saw such a great race. And so that that was that was awesome that they got that track prepped the right way and and the show went off really smooth and. And there wasn't a lot of crashing, and it was just a, a really good night. And so, the world saw that, and and they took a note of it too. I mean, even with the weather delays and the the rain that they had, they did an excellent job getting that track racy. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was a fantastic show. All right. With that said, we are going to give Jack Dover a phone call here real quick, and we will talk to him about his feature win with the Sprint Series in Nebraska at Raceway Park. Pisser, piece of shit. All that stupid ass flagman. They got a dumbass flagman. All right, we got Jack Dover, driver of the uh, Chris Roseland Motorsports number 84 in the Sprint Series in Nebraska. He's fresh off a victory with the Sprint Series in Nebraska at Raceway Park. Jack, um, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. All right, Jack, uh, go ahead and talk about your night. I mean, first night out, I, I'm guessing with the Sprint Series in Nebraska, and, and you walk away with that victory. Talk about your night. Uh, well, I just came back from camping. I was up in, up in, uh, up by Wagner, South Dakota camping for the weekend and wasn't real sure if we were going to race or not. And Chris Roseland called me Friday night and said, I think we're going to go racing. So I, uh, loaded everything up Sunday and headed towards Park Jefferson and wasn't real sure if the weather was going to cooperate with us and, uh, kind of rained and drizzled all night, but they were able to keep the track packed in, um, it was real heavy. Uh, we started seventh in the heat and we're able to get up to fourth and get locked into the redraw. And, um, we redrew number eight. So that put us starting eight in the feature and, uh, just picked the car off one by one each lap. And I think we're in the lead by probably lap seven. And, uh, in those first seven laps, I think there was two or three yellows and one red, I think. So I'd say we got up there pretty quick. Uh, just really happy and can't thank Chris Roseland enough for letting me drive his car. I was able to build this car about two months ago. It's actually the same thing that I run in my program. So it helps when we uh, know what to go out with as far as setup wise. Jack, this is Jason. Hey, congratulations on your win. Um, tell us about uh, Raceway Park. I know, you know, I used to drive by it a lot on the way to, you know, either uh, Wynn Husets or Jackson, you know, that area. But uh, tell us about the track. It looks like a real uh, racy little joint. I know you've had some pretty good success there up, up to and including last, uh, last yeah, Sunday night. It's, it's an it's a awesome track. I wish we could race there more. I've only raced there three times in my whole racing career. So uh, would definitely like to race there more every year, but um, I don't have any control of that. <laughs> but uh, I think the first time we went there was with the 360s. And uh, we left the whole entire race and got passed on the last lap by Craig Baker and ended up second. And then here about three years ago, I think we took Chris Roseland's 305 car up there and ran third. So uh, we've had pretty good luck every time we went there. We were on the podium each night. So 
just a real fun track. It's I think it's a quarter mile, and the bank in there is insane. I uh, I love when tracks bank like that. I wish we could have got up against the wall, but I think for the conditions of the weather we had, we uh, we had a pretty good racetrack on feature time. Uh, Jack, this is Brad Brown, IBRacing.com. Uh, congratulations again. That was, uh, I mean, you're always a, a threat when you, uh, uh, when you in, in one of those fields. But uh, to, uh, th- as far as the track goes, I'm, like Jason, I've driven by it. I've been to Park Jefferson, but I've never been to the, the new Raceway Park. Uh, I'm just curious. It says the new Raceway Park. Has anything changed with the track, or is it just the same old track, new management? And, and uh, um, just, just curious if there's any changes with uh, the last time you've been there. As far as the track conditions and the configuration, it's all the same. It looks like the new manager or owner has uh, tried to improve the looks of the outside of the track. I mean, it's definitely cleaner than what it has been in the past. As far as uh, track surface, so it's the same as what I've raced there in the past years. All right, Jack. Now, you, you ran Chris Roseland's 84 for a while now. What are your plans this year with that car? Are you going to run a majority of the Sprint Series and Nebraska races, or are you just kind of running enough to get locked into the uh, the big uh, IMCA Race Saver Nationals? Uh, I think on our schedule we had, I think, eight nights in the 84 car, Roseland's car. But uh, obviously the COVID-19 played a big factor of those nights. I think we've already missed two or three of them. So but it looks like we'll probably run it five or six more times throughout the year and we're not, we're not trying to get five nights for the MCA Nationals because that's the same weekend as Jackson Nationals, and that's where I'll plan on. That's where I'm planning on being is. So I won't be at 305 Nationals unless uh, this COVID-19 continues, and for some reason Nebraska's able to raise in Minnesota isn't, but I don't see that happening. Jack, this is Brad again. I got a, another follow-up question. Um, since you have a lot of experience in both the 305 and the 360 there at Nebraska or at, at the new Raceway Park, does does Talking to somebody that just, I've been a fan all my life. I have never sat in a race car other than the uh, Kenny Wallace driving school, which had a governor on it. I think I drove on the interstate faster than I drove on the racetrack. <laughs> but uh, does does the 360 drive differently than the 305 at that track? And I'm sure it does, but can you tell us how? Um, I mean, not much, but you can definitely tell a difference. Like with the 360, you just got a little bit more speed and with a little bit more speed, you can keep the car loaded into the corner or with these three Oh five, they just have enough power where if you just let up a little bit, uh, it unloads the car. And, uh, you really notice that in the corners, it, it makes the car really tight and upsets the car. Where with the 360, you're carrying a lot more speed into the corner. And if you do lift, you ain't really going to notice it. It don't really upset the car. Cool. All right, now uh, with the 360, I think you're going to get that program kicked off here in the next couple, next week or the week following with the Nebraska 360 sprints at Park Jefferson. Is that correct? Yeah, um, I haven't registered yet because uh, it's just typical me. I wait till the last minute to register. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're planning on going up to Park Jefferson Saturday and then also Monday and uh, hoping for another top, top five finish or a couple wins. I mean, We've only ran twice this year, and we ran fourth place down in Cameron, Missouri two weekends ago, and then obviously won last Sunday. So uh, it's been a good start to the season. It's, uh, hopefully we can keep, keep those top fives coming when I get in the 53 car. Now, with that program, has anything changed uh, with, with your program itself? Uh, it, I'm guessing you stuck with the same chassis. Basically, everything's going to be the same, or has you, have you made any changes in the offseason? 
Uh, same partners, same motors, uh, same chassis. Uh, the only thing that's changed is our color scheme. It's uh, it's all the same design. We only the only thing we switched up was the dark gray that was on my car last year is uh, now white, and my frame is white this year. So, uh, actually put the wing on the last night. It looks really sharp, all put together. You know, I, I think uh, that iberacing.com 2020 paint scheme page would look uh, would really uh, need a picture of that uh, on that page. Yeah, you're more than welcome to go to uh, Jack Dover Racing and steal a photo if you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. These photographers are so sentimental on their photos. I don't know if you can just steal them anymore. you gotta you got to get permission and all that stuff. But I appreciate oh, it's, that. It, it, it's computer animated. It, it ain't no photographer photo. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. But, uh, I'm hoping we get some uh, good Victor Lane photos this weekend, though. Then you can steal it. <laughs> sure, <laughs> for sure. Well, I got. I, we've talked a little bit about your plans for the 305. Uh, I know the COVID-19 changes everything, and everything's up in the air. We don't even know what's going on next week, let alone next month. But kind of uh, in, in a best-case scenario, what's your plans for the 360s? Um, I mean, I'm sure it's all regional stuff, but Knoxville, Jackson, what, what's your plans? Um, so it, it'll be pretty much what we've done the last couple of years is run around the Midwest and, uh, I'm driving for Bauer, Rick Bowers and Chris Bowers again this year, uh, mainly up at Jackson. I'll be in the 81 car and I'll be in the 81 car also down in Wheatland, Missouri. And then, uh, like I said, I'll be in the 305 car probably five or six more times than the rest of the shows. I'll be in the 53. So I think I got like 40 shows in the 53 car and the other 10 or 15 I had scheduled in the. 84 and 81 car. It's a pretty busy summer. Yeah. I should, uh, I was hoping we'd have a couple wins and about 10 races in by now, but, uh, the COVID-19 had other plans, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. All right, Jack, I I won't take up any more of your time. I want to thank you for coming on, talking about your weekend and good luck next weekend. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot, Jack. Jack. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Yep. All right, that was Jack Dover, fresh off his victory at the new Raceway Park. Sounds like he has some plans for a busy summer coming up. Forty races is a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, yeah, compared to an outlaw and all star, but you know, forty races is that that will keep you busy all summer. Yeah, especially for a local guy not traveling that much. Forty races is is good. Uh, good racing program. Well, especially we're mid May and he's only raced about four times now, so he's gonna have a. a on top of his job, uh, he's got to definitely have a busy summer. Yeah, definitely. All right, and I think that's going to do it for this edition of Quick Time. I want to thank for everybody for tuning in. Make sure, if you get a chance, share out the podcast. We need to get some more listeners going on, going and whatnot. Uh, we're available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all the major podcast platforms. So, once again, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. <laughs>